Welcome to Healthy Churches ABNWT, a resource created by and for PAOC Alberta and Northwest Territories pastors and ministry leaders. The focus is on leadership development and congregational health. The goal is to help you reach more people. Visit abnwt.com for more information. Welcome to the ABNWT Healthy Church Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Rabel, and I serve our district as a church coach. You know, we want our churches to be on mission and reaching lost people in the communities. And so we're here to help you do that. We've got resources, we've got practical help that we offer you and your church. So please contact us here at the office or email coach at abnwt.com and let's work together. Of course, when we talk about healthy churches, we absolutely need healthy leaders. It's vital. And so with me today is Al Downey. Al and his wife, Yvonne, serve as our district pastoral care coordinators. And, you know, they've been in pastoral ministry for over 40 years. So he brings a wealth of experience on healthy leadership principles to our team. So welcome, Al. Thank you, Jeremiah. Yeah, thanks for all you do. Talk to us a little bit about uh, healthy leaders. You know, what do they look like? What do they actually do? What is that? Well, you're absolutely right that um, healthy churches need to be led by healthy leaders. And this is a huge issue. And uh, health and leadership is really a matter of, of balance. Balance in uh, your overall approach to life and to leadership. So there's several areas, of course, that we have to maintain this kind of health. And uh, one, starting with physical health, uh, just the whole idea of a healthy leader is one who is eating, sleeping, exercising, feeling well and energized in their role. Um, It's a matter of emotional health. They're engaged in what they do, but they're not overwhelmed by what they do. Uh, they're driven by a passion, but they're not necessarily driven by ambition or a need to prove themselves. Wow. And then, of course, uh, spiritual health, which uh, means that they're at rest in their soul. Their soul is not in a state of turmoil. Um, and then uh, healthy leaders are leaders that have learned to live in accountable relationships uh, mm-hmm. versus isolation. Right. Um, there's no lone rangers in healthy leadership. Um, then uh, the other thing would be uh, living in, uh, in an understanding of self-care okay. and, and recognizing and realizing that self-care is not a selfish thing. Uh, it's absolutely necessary thing. Right. Ultimately, as a leader, there's no one that's going to care for your health other than you, uh, and that responsibility is on you. And uh, it's kind of like the illustration I'm sure you've heard, Jeremiah, about, uh, you know, the stewardess that gets up and talks about, or the flight attendant gets up, talks about, uh, you know, putting on your own mask before you help anybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what it's like in leadership. If you're not putting on your own mask and breathing properly yourself, uh, you really can't help anybody else. Then I think uh, healthy leaders are leaders that are vulnerable and realistic about their limitations. Um, They don't lie to themselves. Wow. And uh, then, on the other hand, if they don't lie to themselves, they don't have to pretend to others. And ill health comes uh, through a lot of pretense, uh, trying to be something you're not, or some sort of understanding of leadership that is unrealistic, um, and uh, levels and limits that you're setting that you'll never be able to reach. And if you live in that kind of a realm, then then you live in a realm of pretense. Right. 
and uh, that causes dysfunction or ill health. It's a lot of plates to spit in the air to try and keep yeah, the thing absolutely, going. Absolutely, eh? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So vulnerability is a huge part of healthy leadership, and we don't often see that a lot of vulnerable leaders, do we? No, uh, and I think part of our, you know, and this is not a criticism; it's something that evolved which was unhealthy, and, and that is a, a bit of a perspective or a concept of ministry, uh, an image of the minister, mm-hmm. you know, as yeah. somehow superhuman or over and above others or not, not you know, not real, uh, somehow the, uh, the uh, person who walks flawlessly before God as an example to others. Of course, if you look at Scripture, I mean, uh, that's not realistic at all. No, Paul Those, was pretty open and honest. Yeah, and wasn't anybody he? in the Old Testament pick any character you want. Yeah, you know, and you realize that uh, they had some major faults, and that didn't disqualify them from leadership. What creates unhealth in in some of our leaders? Is it is it just expectations that others have on us? Is it our own? Like, what? How do we get to places of unhealth? Do you think? Well, I, I think that uh, first of all, it might be. Uh, a skewed concept of the expectations that God has on us. You know, I always uh, had um, this perspective myself that uh, my role was high and holy, mm-hmm. and so there, therefore I could probably never really reach to that expectation that God had. And yet, when I came down to reality, I, I realized that uh, God's expectation on us is that we, uh, you know, come to him to rest. You know, right. we abide in him and uh, take our strength from that. And so uh, it's, not, it's not God's expectations, although we sometimes think it is, nor, in fact, is it the expectations of others or the church. Um, the fact of the matter is that as a pastor particularly, if we're leading, feeding, and protecting the flock of God within the church context, yeah. um, they're going to be happy with that. And that, that doesn't have an, an hour allotment to it, whether it's right. 40 hours or 90 hours or 120 hours. Um, if we're fulfilling that role, the expectations of the congregation will be fulfilled, wow. essentially. Yeah. Um, so that leaves one thing. That leaves self-imposed expectations. <laughs> and so when I went through my own ill health and ministry, which was pretty extreme, uh, and then following that, coming back to a place of health, yeah. and doing a post-mortem on what had happened, right, yeah. I recognized that uh, my ill health came from unrealistic, self-imposed expectations. And part of it was from my education in, in college. Sure. Part of it was from my own background, uh, Calvinistic kind of approach to sure, ministry yeah, yeah, yeah. and so on and so forth. All those things. Yeah, yeah. But, they, but the expectations came from nowhere other than myself. Wow. Yeah. And of course, when you're setting expectations like that for yourself, you never reach them. <laughs> you just keep setting the bar higher. So you talked to us a little bit ago about no lone rangers in ministry, right? We need we need someone. So talk to us a little bit about what's it like to have. You know, why should you have someone in your corner, and 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 not even for you, but also for your spouse? Why is that important? Yeah. Well, I, um, Jeremiah, I I've studied the uh, you know from the nineties. Nineties was not a good era in in church leadership. Yeah. We had these huge television. Uh, personalities, you know, that fell into disrepute and so on and so forth. So I did a bit of study on that. I, I wanted to know, like, what is it that caused these guys to fall? Right. And uh, I discovered this, that um, really they had isolated themselves from any kind of accountability. High-profile cases that fell were, were trying to do ministry in a Lone Ranger context. And uh, you know the devil's tactics. I mean, he's a roaring lion, goes about seeking whom he may devour. If you know anything about hunt, lo- hunting lions, you know that the way they operate is to pair off or call off the weak, 
uh, the vulnerable from the rest of the herd. They don't attack the entire herd. Right. They attack the one that's isolated, the one that's alone. It's no different in leadership. It's exactly the same thing. Uh, the lone ranger leader is always the one at greater risk, at yeah. higher risk, much yeah, higher yeah. risk. And so why do we place ourselves in a, in a spot of isolation? Well, we talked a little bit about before about pretense. If we're trying to live to a level that we know we're not right. and trying to give that image to others, that's invariably going to happen. And so what the fallout of that is embarrassment over being human. Like we're embarrassed about the fact that we can't measure up. And so we live in pretense. And if we're going to live in pretense, then we've got to isolate ourselves because the truth is going to come out if we live in community. Wow. There's no doubt about it. So uh, we'll set uh, this unreachable standard and, and we'll have to pretend to reach it. And uh, if we actually uh, begin to have accountability with others, there's always this risk or chance that someone's going to see through our charade. Yeah. Which eventually will happen anyway. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Wow. There becomes a, there, there develops a, what I would call a, a duplicity in our life walk and our leadership walk. We're walking two paths at the same time. And uh, that is formula for dysfunction, for ill health. That will eventually, ultimately, inevitably end in dis healthy, dis dysfunction and health. There's no doubt about it. But there's some pastors that say, well, I can't, I can't just be an open book, Al. Like, I just can't do that with everybody, uh, nor should I. What would you say to that? Like how, so how do you find that relationship that you can trust, that yeah. you can connect with, that you can talk about? Because so, some of these things, to be honest with you, they are associated to your job, like to yeah. you maintaining your job, right? Like, I mean, you're just, if you were a mechanic and you were going through whatever, you know, you could, you could maybe talk about it and not face actually consequences, right? But there are some things you could actually yeah. face a consequence. So how do you work that through if you have that going on in your life well i think uh, you know you uh, you hit on something pretty uh, pretty uh, important when you said everybody um fact of the matter is we we don't put our heart on the pulpit every time we speak you know right uh but at the same time we do need to find those individuals who can and will help us um, and I think that colleagues in ministry, it really, when we're in a church ministry, it really needs to be somebody outside of the context of the church that we're working in. Okay, yeah. Um, and not necessarily even someone that's of our own particular faith persuasion. And uh, then I developed a couple of, of accountability partners in ministry that I, and you don't, you don't trust, it's like any relationship, you don't trust the first time you meet. But right. you persist in a relationship until you know you can trust. And you need to, as, as much as you may be an introvert, you need to do that. So I'm not talking about spilling everything to everybody. Uh, and then, of course, Jeremiah, what we have attempted to do here at the district is create that safe zone. Right, yeah, And yeah. safe people that, that our leaders can talk to and uh, don't need to fear reprisal of any kind. And don't need to fear that the conversation they share is going to go beyond, you know, that context. And so wherever that safe environment is, we have to find it. We have to find it. It's absolutely imperative. And that, uh, you know, you mentioned spouses before. Yeah, and I think yeah. I need to go back there. I mean, one of the things that we discovered um, in the work that we do probably about four years ago was that there was this vast group of people called the pastor spouse who really had no venue like the pastor might have a colleague in ministry in the area or whatever that he might talk to. He may reach out to somebody in the district that he feels safe. 
But where does a spouse reach out to? If it's in the relational thing with, with a husband, um, well, they can't talk to the church about that, or they really can't talk to district personnel about that, uh, executive personnel or whatever, because it may yeah, reflect yeah. on, like you say before, the job, the position, the ministry yeah. may f- reflect bad on. And so there, there's this huge, lonely group of people that uh, had nowhere to turn. And so my wife, Yvonne, actually has been working in, in that area, you know, tirelessly yeah. trying to create that safe zone. It's interesting when she puts out a, an email, you know, even, even in a small way to reach out to this group, the uh, response is amazing. Huh. The response wow. is amazing. And so we've discovered, you know, just by the feedback we received, we've discovered the huge need there. So the, spa- the pastor's spouse needs to have that safe zone as well. A little harder to create, but again, absolutely necessary. So when a leader is walking through dysfunction, Jeremiah, yeah, um, it's one thing for the leader. It's very, very difficult for the leader. But the person who actually suffers more in that environment is the person closest to that leader. Really? And that's usually the spouse. Right. Because they stand and watch this with a certain feeling of helplessness not knowing what to do, not knowing what they can do. And spouses are not really good at taking instruction or correction from their spouse, uh, particularly in those kinds of settings. Yeah. And so that spouse really flounders and needs that, that place of expression and safety wow. as well. Wow. So, uh, you know, as hard as it may be, I, I think of leaders, I think of good leaders in our, in our district, in yeah. our fellowship here, yeah, yeah. who are extremely introverted, but have understood and realized the imperative nature of having accountability and and not functioning in isolation because isolation is always a, a, a formula for ruin. And this isn't just when things get hard. You're saying do this right do off this the always. top. Th- this is the way to maintain health. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Because uh, when, you, when you create trusting relationships with people, um, the fact of the matter is that they often pick up cues before you do. Oh wow! Okay. And your your spouse will actually pick up cues before you do. There's something not right here. There's something that's out of equilibrium. Huh. Uh, long before you realize it yourself, others will realize it. Particular others that you've trusted and are and, and you've given permission to speak into your life. Well, and that comes back down to our own expectations, our own isolation that we don't want to be honest. Yeah. And I, I kind of look back to, and again, I, I don't think this happens as as frequently anymore in our district. But I I remember, you know going to these district conferences or district you know yeah. gatherings and everybody is you know oh everything's great everything's yeah. fine and everybody's just got this face on yeah. of like i'm doing just fine thank you very much but you know that's not true absolutely and everybody knows that it's not true and everybody knows that we're all broken you know but nobody's saying it why can't we be honest yeah. with one another and and i do i do thank the lord that you know in in this particular era in this in this decade and so forth last couple of decades there's there's been a much more open approach to the whole area of mental health and leadership. Right. I mean, when I was, when I went through this in, in the late 1980s, um, I mean, just, just think about this. I was a Christian as a pastor, as a Pentecostal pastor. I mean, you don't have problems. (laughs) You don't have mental health issues. And so I was battling that. Yeah. That stigma, that stigma. Yeah, a stigma. Even to come forward. And in even, you know, in the whole area of requiring medication, Huge stigma, like, but but it's it's ridiculous because if if I went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with diabetes, 
And he said, you're going to have to have insulin shots. There'd be no stigma to that. Yeah, you just take them. You know? Yeah. Nobody nobody questioned that at all. And and often emotional illness is related directly to some chemical imbalance in the Absolutely, brain. Absolutely, Being yeah. temporary or long-term. And it requires uh, medication. I mean, the brain is just another organ that functions in our body. Uh, you know, the, the association, of course, is that it, it uh, deals with our thought patterns and our rationality and all our emotions and all that kind of stuff. And so that's yeah. why it's looked at a little differently. Yeah. But um, so, so all of those stigmas were there. Thank God they're not there as much anymore. But I never work with a person, with a leader, that is going through a mental health issues that I do not have to convince that if the doctor says medication's in order. Maybe they should take it. So that's still there. You that's think that's still there, still there. As take. a self, maybe self-imposed, self-imposed, self-imposed. Do you think there's any other stigmas today in 2019 that that maybe you know are still there? Or I think for men, you know, the macho kind of, I, I need to man up. Mm. I'm, I'm big enough for this. I I'm bigger than this. I can overcome it. I you know I think that I, I, it's there less for women. Yeah. Which is interesting because when I came out of my own emotional trauma and uh, I was recovering and I was invited to speak at a number of places, numbers of places back in the day, um, I would be invited to women's groups, you know, WM and, yeah. and Women yeah, yeah. Glow and all this kind of stuff because women were far more willing to admit that this could be an issue than men were. Yeah. And so there's still a little bit of that stigma as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, we want to be macho. We, we want to show everybody we're on top of the game. Wow, that's so amazing, Alan. Thank you so much for this. In fact, we're going to stop right here and, and do a part two because there's so much content here that we're talking about how to be a healthy leader. We're going to come back. So folks, stay tuned. We're going to come back in a couple of weeks and release part two of this episode. Until next time.